And now it's time to bait our hooks, cast our nets, drop our poles in the water, and fish for some jokes with Down on the Dock. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> Welcome to episode 80 of Down on the Docks. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Neff, joined as always by my good friend and errand buddy, yeah. Dave Sarah. How are you, buddy? Hello. That was a fun day of running errands, though. Yeah. We, we might as well just get married for the tax purpose. <laughs> it's really just... At this point, it's great. We got a lot done today. I got new <laughs> we tires. Yeah. We went to the DMV. You got denied at the DMV. Yep. But it's okay. I mean, you're going to go back now. For whatever reason, you got the wrong birth date on your, yeah, I, just, on your license. I have my sister's birth date on my uh, driver's so license, weird. and it's been that way for yeah. 15 years. Yeah. And then, of course, I'm buying a gun. Yeah. Okay. Yes, we, yes, we went together. We took the test together. Yep. That was fun. That was another Aaron's day. We took gun safety tests together. Um, <laughs> I bet you lunch that I would beat you on the test. You missed three questions. No, you missed one you question. You missed three. I missed, I missed one. three. And I knew the one I missed was stupid. I shouldn't have missed it. So anyway, I got a Glock 19 sitting yeah. in the turn. Yep. But they won't give it to me yep. because my sister's birthday is on my driver's license. And then your passport just recently expired. Yep. Luckily, I'm going to New Hampshire and Boston for the next 10 days. Show announcement. Yeah. If anybody wants to go have dinner with me, I'll be there. No, it's not the show announcement. The Good. show announcement is... Go ahead. No, but... Um, I found out from TSN that for an expired driver's license uh -huh. for up to a year, they'll still allow you to fly. Yeah, but that's Luckily. not going to help me get my gun. No, it's not going to help And if I don't have my gun, I can't put clips in my gun. <laughs> don't say clips. <laughs> don't say clips. Magazines. Yeah, I call them clips. I know you do. It's uh, embarrassing. So, guys, uh, programming note, um, because Dave is going to be out of town next week, yes. we are going to miss uh, a drop. So, episode 81 which will be coming up in a couple of weeks, to, yes. uh, which I will give you the teaser at, at the end of the show. Yeah. We're going to be late a week on that. Right. But that's not why you're here. No. You're but here hold on. Yeah. I, I'm going to let me make an announcement right uh -huh. now. We're two minutes in. That means if you've not listened to this first two minutes, then you really don't like the show. But listen, for those of you listening, this next Wednesday, in lieu of having the show, I'll be on the Discord channel and I'm going to stream and watch. I was going to say Valley Uprising. You're finally going to watch a documentary? going to watch a documentary. I'll, I'll set a, uh, an event in the Discord. Okay. I'll invite everybody to come watch it with us and sit down. If Chris wants to or has time, he can. Okay. So I'm, you're going to watch thinking, a doc. I'm thinking Valley Uprising. Okay. But I'll allow anybody, and we'll put up a poll, um, either in Discord, Spotify, or somewhere else, uh, as to which documentary I watch. It has to be one that we've already gone yeah, over, course. though. So, so. Uh, we'll put we'll up talk a poll. Uh, I want to watch Valley Uprising. We'll maybe. let you guys vote which documentary yeah. we're uh, going to live review. Yeah. And I may well, or may I'm not gonna, be there. May or may not be <laughs> there. But I'll be, be there in lieu of an episode, <laughs> and I'll come. Hopefully, I know it's so much fun. Ooh, you get Dave to come hang out with you. Sure. Well, yeah. And here's the thing. We're not scumbags. We're not going to do no. like a live chat and be like, you got to pay us money. Pay, pay me money? We no. don't do that. No. Not yet. We're not telling you to shorten the video. Some are, you point. are you crazy? <laughs> are you stupid for the last year telling you to shorten the video? What, dude? Get out of my face. Uh, only 20 bucks a month. Uh, okay. So, uh, guys, this is Down on the Docks, uh, episode 79, which is part two of Bit. Conned 
directed by Brian Storkel, which means this. If this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, you need to back it up. Boop, go boop, listen. Boop. <laughs> Bring it back up that Briggs truck. Yep. And, and go, go listen to the other four hours of this podcast. It's, it's, it was only an hour. It was an hour and 40 minutes. We're joking. And then you, li- you listen to that part, and then you get caught up, and yep. then you pick up on this part. So before we get started, Dave, um, we, can you tell our uh, listeners uh, who this week's episode is sponsored by? This week's episode of Down on the Docks is brought to you by Broccoli Farms, established in 2016 San Diego, California, by cannabis entrepreneur Anthony Bird. Broccoli Farms is a modern take on cannabis brands around the world. By combining new terminology involving cannabis worldwide, Anthony created a cannabis brand that uniquely represents the entire cannabis industry as one, Broccoli Farms. Are you sure it's not cannabis industry as four, maybe? The lowest delivery minimum in San Diego, fair prices and quality products makes Broccoli Farms one of the best deliveries in San Diego for almost a decade. Be sure to mention, we got to change that to a decade pretty yeah. soon. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Be sure to mention Down on the Docks podcast for 15% off your next order, along with first-time patient gifts and rewards. Fuck that pussy. <laughs> Check them out today on Instagram at broccolifarm619 and daves.sarah. Sticky strips. Sticky strips, dude. Uh, don't Ooh, forget. I've been trying a new one. It's oh, called yeah? Devour. Devour? Good bang for your buck. Yeah, and you were also bragging to me on the car right over here today that you're going to travel with not just... <laughs> okay, let's not talk about this. <laughs> I, this, uh, this I didn't say how you were traveling. <laughs> this, this is airing before I actually... Uh, yeah, 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 it's true. We I don't say t- Satan knowing that I travel with drugs. Well, you're just, just driving joking. a car out no, there. No, I mean, here's, here's, the, here's the sick reality. Here's the sick reality of the situation. Yeah. LAX don't give a fuck what you leave with. Right. As long as it's not a bomb or right. whatever the fuck. Like, so you're saying it's safe to travel with drugs. And like human trafficking, obviously. I mean, yeah. they do that enough. But the as far as like a little bit of weed or like other stuff that's not uh-huh. really, that's like natural. Yeah, not from the scene. They don't care, really. Do me they a favor, listeners. Uh, this week, when you land, you might have an issue. Okay, here's what I want to know: whether or not you enjoyed uh, this documentary, Bitcoin or not. I'm curious to know, and you can answer in the Discord or on the Twitter or wherever you you'd like to follow us. Uh, if you feel comfortable traveling with drugs on an airplane, <laughs> I'm really curious to know that question. Because I travel I'm, with them inside of me. Yeah, because I am not. I know you're not. So. Anyway, if you, uh, again, Twitter down on the docks. Uh, I have a drug hobby. Everybody, everybody relax. So do I. It's called getting out our promotions. Yeah, you're right. Too. Um, Sorry about <laughs> Instagram down on the docks pod. Follow us there. And then, of course, send us an email at down on the docks at gmail.com. Okay, we're going to get into part two of BitCond. Again, directed by Brian Storkel. You can watch this right now on Netflix. And if you'll recall, Dave, uh, what we covered up uh, in part one was the founding of Centra, right? Which was basically scam. A, well, Started off as a scam. Sounds like one. We I left everybody on a yeah. cliffhanger. Well, I mean, in the sense the pros- that like, you're getting those undertones of scam. Obviously. Yeah, but the point is, this card was created so people back in 2017, if they had a Bitcoin or Bitcoin uh, Mini or just a chunk, they wanted to go buy a T-shirt, a TJ Maxx. This company created right. a credit, well, right. a debit card. Uh, yeah, a debit card. So you can so you go in seamlessly. and you swipe it. And mm-hmm. it's like, boom, my Bitcoin balance just went down and I was able to make a transaction because yeah. it was very tough to do back in right, the day. Right, 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 right. Now, as we left it, um, of course, we had Jacob Renzel, who was the big Centra investor. He's the uh, the vet. We saw him at the gun range. He's popping off rounds. And that's when I started thinking, oh, this guy's going to kill all these people. Um, and then, of course... 
uh, all of their fans in their Slack channel start screaming that this is a scam and this is all going down. Yeah. And Ray uh, Trapani, who I'm just going to call my Ray Liotta voice. Well, I thought when I, I did see a picture of the dude. Yeah. And I thought he was going to be much greasier and slimier and scummier. But he's like a, you know, like a... He's a good looking dude. dude. Good looking. I could see yeah. how he could easily win over people in person. Well, they think they're going down the tubes. And of course, last week's episode, he says... Until, out of nowhere, fucking South Korea. Oh, God, here you go, South okay. Korea now. So Jesus. Robert Farkas, who you'll remember, was their CFO, who used to be a male stripper. And right, had, right, 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 right. That's, that's the sister's brother yeah. or whatever, sister's Sorby's brother-in-law. brother's sister, somebody. Well, he informs us that there is a company called Bitset uh, from South Korea. And there was... There was not a lot of information about them, but they knew they had a lot of money and they had fallen in love with CenterTech. And their idea was they wanted to bring CenterTech to the Asian market. Now, at this point, we see an email on screen from Bitset titled Interest in Your Product. And it reads, Greetings, Mr. Trapani of CenterTech USA. Congratulations on your success. We are Bitset Corporation of Seoul, South Korea. That already sounds like a red flag to me. When you forget pronouns, okay, I just assume you're a Nigerian prince. Okay. We have a business proposition for which we would like you to consider. So this is South Koreans coming to them. They're, they're coming to them directly. Wow. They get this email. Okay. okay. Oh, God. For a generous sum of $5 million U.S. million, Bitset Corp. will buy a 30% stake in Centratech. In effect, Central will enter into an agreement with the Bitset involving the grant to such third party for rights for the development or commercialization of Centricard. Okay, so if we do the math right there, this company is coming out of nowhere saying, we think your company is worth $15 million and we want to buy a third of it. Okay. And Ray says, they'll invest $5 million up front and uh, then you guys will come to Korea and show us proof of concept, and then we'll invest the rest. So they invested $5 million. And from there, we're like, all right, we're going to fly down to Korea, and you know, we'll get this shit going. And the interviewer says, you were like, so we need to get an app created right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we already created a fake app for other presentations so that we can make a video. <laughs> now we just have to make a real app and, and scale it. And show on the app, oh, look, the correct amount of Bitcoin is being removed after I swipe my card. But we needed a better fake app. Well, we see Sorbet. Right, right. Sorbet. Sorbet. Using their fake app at the mall. And, you, you know, he's like walking around a mall and he's like going to Yankee Candle and fucking, you know, buying shit and then showing how this card works. And it looks legit. Well, keep in mind, that was a fake app they'd already created to bring in other investors. Mm -hmm. Now, remember the developers back in Macedonia? The two yeah, chain yeah, smokers yeah, 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 in, the, yeah. in the black sure. basement? Yeah, the OGs. We are given task. <laughs> what are you giving task? Can you create interface we press button that it proves the concept work? We're building the application with deadline. At one point, they told us they will go to Korea to test application. They're worried about, will this work? To prove concept works, we had people in-house to enter data manually. Uh, I'm not sure you can count it as fake. It was working, not scalable. It's just the prototype. And Ray says, we put all uh, a whole technology team 
you know, we took the focus off the real app and made them focus on building a fake app that would work in real time when Sorby goes to Korea to show them. Well, the interviewer says, why not have them keep focusing on the real app? And, and Farkas says, I was just sitting there and I was like, oh shit, Korea. So we're going to head to South Korea. Okay. And Ray says, I was not going to South Korea. I don't really like flying into foreign territories when you know, you know, you're doing something that's not legitimate. You know, sounds risky. So we send Sorby. And again, my old take is Ray's like, I'm not going to be able to bring drugs on the plane. Exactly. Because he's just built out. Like, they don't like drugs or and, like on. drinking. And he's a pussy. He's yeah. making Sorby go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, Sorby's the stripper. No, that's uh, Robert Farkas. Sorby's okay, right, right. the ding dong that was the nerd in high school that they didn't like. That's right. That's but right. That's he's right, the idea, right, man. Right, right. And he's the one that's full of shit. Right. The CFO is the fucking stripper. Stripper. That's gotcha, Farkas. Gotcha. And he says, you and Ray hold the office down. You know, I'm out of here. And he just jumped on a flight and went there by himself. Well, Johnny, Ray's best friend, says they don't have dick. So they make an app that charges your debit card and makes it seem like it's spending your crypto directly. Well, Ray says... Charges your debit card and makes you seem like you're... Okay. Yeah, but it's fake. Okay. Okay. And Ray says, we take that debit card. We send it to a guy in California. Made it into a metal Centra card. Now, this metal Centra card that when we swipe it... It just takes money from your bank account. We would just press a button so that it presents it as a real app as if it's working correctly. So on, so they're, they're our, literally on the other side of the app. Yeah, they're like, hey, when you press this button, I'm going to press this button. Yeah, okay? that's fucking hilarious. All right? So on our end, we just had to do all those transactions behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, next we see Sorby in its video footage from the meeting in South Korea. And he's like, so we're going to transfer that value to you guys, you know? I mean, he's like in mid-pitch. And Ray's like, so now he's in South Korea or Korea, and he has to do a film presentation in front of their team. And again, we see Sorby in action. He's like, I believe that a partnership with Central Tech and Bissett will be powerful in the Asian market, as well as promotion of cryptocurrencies worldwide. Well, we see the Korean man he's talking to, right? And he's like... When you search Centra on the internet, many people say it's a scam. Why do they think that? And why am I not doing a Korean accent? Yeah. I don't know what kind of accent that was. And what are your thoughts regarding the accusation? And Sorby's like, a lot of those accusations Isu. came from competitors. You know, Isu. they felt that our product was a threat. All right? The Centra card is the world's best cryptocurrency debit card. These accusations are false. And Robert, oh, pokuchi, pokuchi, pokuchi. Robert describes this whole, you know, meeting uh -huh. as extremely stressful because these guys are probably watching it on a video. Yeah, film. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, okay, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm like just listening to this. I'm thinking. I mean, there's probably ways you could have done it, even where like, you know, you have to deposit the the cryptocurrency in. And I guess that kind of defeats the purpose. But it has to be deposited first, and then and then. Well, they want proof using. of concept. I get it. No, I'm, just, I'm just thinking like an idiot. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just funny how. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, Keep in like, mind, oh, it's kind of tough to to. And fake they looked blockchain. on there, and they're like, "It was taken." Yeah, but it's kind of tough to fake blockchain. You know what I mean? So you're not faking the blockchain. You're just you're trying to force transactions through. I don't know. I don't even know how it works. Well, all right, anyway, okay. So he's all excited. No, no, I'm not saying that he wasn't faking blockchains. I'm thinking in my head how 
you could conceptually do it. I mean, well, keep in mind when these guys are sitting down. Do I mean, they I do it now already. I don't think they're just looking for him to like follow him into a store and swipe a card. I'm sure he's got like the PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, that's out, exactly what it is. It's like, like, this right. goes from here. This right, goes right, from right, here. Right, right, right. You know, it's like all this fucking coding and shit. Yeah. So he's all excited. You know, he's got his game face on, and we're all hyping him up with text messages like, "You got this. You're gonna kill it, Sorby." Well. This was his audition to lock in the company and seal the deal. Well, when he's doing the presentation with Bitset, we pressed the button and it didn't correct on the app. It didn't work at all. Okay. Okay. So they're literally saying, he's literally sitting down with the Koreans. Yeah. And he's like, okay, so here's the thing. Okay. Give me a card reader. Yeah. And he's like, this is the card. Okay. Let's say your card reader is a merchant for... Korean liquor. Yeah. I'm buying some right now. Yeah. So the moment he swipes that card, right. the guys who are watching the live video feed in another country, yeah. half around the world, they're supposed to press a button. Right. So to make it look like the transaction goes through. Yeah. And it doesn't work. Okay. Mm. This is live. So okay, Robert, it doesn't work the first time. Okay. Go, at all. All right. Continue. Continue. Robert's like, I'm sweating. Okay. Uh, no. And Ray goes, then we lost contact. Okay. With so, the video, it just the internet went down. Maybe, yeah. I mean, Something. they don't say okay, but Sorby's off the grid. Okay, so you put, the internet probably went down or something. All right, go on. Or maybe they don't know. Yeah, okay. They have no idea what's going on. Okay, okay, okay. okay Ray's okay. like, "What the fuck's going on here?" Three hours pass. Wow. And we're in shock. We're like, "Fuck!" Korean's well, I mean, they could have been Korean gangsters. Come probably. the fuck me, huh? You come the fuck me. Me, you fucking me. So we're we're over here, you know, hoping he's alive. Is he gonna get killed? So we think he might be dead. Finally, he texts us. That shit didn't work. But they're still gonna invest. <laughs> The same day, they invested another $15 million in our company. Somehow, we just talked him into being <sighs> complicit in this whole operation. He tells us... It didn't work. You know? They're like, yeah, we got to call Bank of America <laughs> to make sure it's okay. I'm spending... I'm using my debit card from California. It turns out they're fucking scumbags, too. So, they they basically quadruple their investment from $5 million, uh, and throw in another $15 million. And he says, you know, they're actually editing the video to make it look like it worked over here. Uh, if we're going to be down and complicit in this whole thing, fuck it. You know, we got a new business they're partner. editing the video. Double grease ball shit That's is my hilarious. point. These guys are Dude. total fucking scumbags. Okay. They don't have anything working. And then they go meet with. You know what I think also? Some, sometimes I bet it's like even like our, our government Saying to these fucking South Koreans, hey, go start investing in there so you can get inside their books and then we're not liable. Oh, so you think this is yeah. a government conspiracy? Yeah, I mean, I think everything is, but okay. Anytime there's money involved. I think involved, these guys just got lucky as fuck, okay? The whole point is these uh, Asian marketers are like, we need a way yeah. to fucking do this. Yeah. Then they get over there, they have the button push, yeah, it Americans. doesn't go through. We can sue them if we need to. And then they're just like, Fuck it, who fuck. gives a fuck? We just want a piece of the action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just gamblers. So next like all we South see Koreans. Sorby and he's partying it up with the double grease fuck ball Koreans. Yeah, dude. All right. Doing this shit where you stick your finger down your pants and you stick it through your stick it through the zipper so it looks like it's your cock. <laughs> they're doing that, they're getting all drunk, they're doing that shit. Well, back in Miami, the original grease balls, they're shooting off the money guns. Oh, of course they are. You know? 
And they're and fucking because they're at a strip club. And they're fucking party. Yeah. Well, Nathaniel Joe Macho Man. <laughs> Nathaniel they're Popper. Doing, they're doing fucking karaoke and shit. No, they're doing coke. Well, yeah. I mean, and they're partying. They're fucking coke and karaoke. <laughs> Kokioki. <laughs> well, Popper. Kokiokiokio. All right, gonna do The journalist from the Times says, in a sense, Centra was the story of crypto itself, which is an endeavor that has something really underneath it, but keeps failing and keeps running into problems. And yet, Karakoki would have been better, but go on. And people just keep coming back to it. There's something so alluring here that people can't give up on the promise. And part of that promise is just the simple one that you can get rich quickly. Yeah. I think about this a lot, Dave. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many people actually managed to pull this off. Because, pull it off. Well, every, you got to remember. I, t- I just told you about a guy who pulled off 4000 to 125000 no, I'm not talking about the scam. I'm talking okay, about okay. the early Bitcoin investors. Oh, right. Okay? Because obviously, you've traded stocks. You've traded crypto. Yeah. It's hard to hold on to a winner. Okay. Now, Bitcoin yeah. has gone from like let's just say a hundred bucks to fifty-two thousand or fifty-seven thousand. Yeah, yeah let's just say today. RSB made money from the time you paid him till now. He did. The point is, <laughs> at some point, not everybody, okay, is going to stay in it. They're going to cash out, okay. And I wonder how many people out there are quote unquote Bitcoin millionaires that were like. All right, I put five hundred bucks into this. I got up to two million. I'm out. It's enough for me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sure. And and keep in mind when they did that, none of this was getting tracked by the government. Okay. No. So they. Well, it's getting tracked by your bank, though. Well, but, if you're putting it into your bank, yeah. you know, or if you're just parsing it out in multiple accounts just to pay your bills, yeah, it's probably hodling. fair. Yeah, but my point is, how many of these guys who were just like fucking around in the beginning that bought Bitcoin as the fucking total you know, whim, and then maybe forgot about it. Mm-hmm. I bet you those are the people that crushed it. Yeah. The people that like bought it when they were drunk or high and then came back to their computer and yeah. was like, oh, Bitcoin, I think I remember hearing about that. Uh-huh. And then they bought go some and, Molly. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, some guy oh, named shit. Exhale. I still have five Bitcoin yeah. and I got three, $350,000, $400,000. Yeah. I'm just curious, you mm-hmm. know, because I know that the, there's tons of people in poker that are Bitcoin rich and this perception that you see of poker players now that are like gambling hundreds, if not millions of dollars. And they're like, who has this money to do that? And everybody's like, oh, they're just crypto rich. So, I yeah. mean, do you know anybody personally that just made a shit ton and got out of it? I guess is my question. A shit ton and got out Let's of it. Let's say a million or more. Well, I mean, I know guys that were there very, very early and sold too early before the boom. Right. But again, that's not bad. Let's say you bought for a hundred, you yeah. sold it for yeah, four hundred. These, these guys were four extra money. Dude, these guys were mining. Do- like I know guys that had billions and billions of Dogecoin. Right, would be a top Dogecoin bi- like billionaire right, right now. Just crazy money. How many they were mining big, uh, Dogecoin like in twenty eleven, right, twenty twelve, very early on. All right, well, maybe twenty thirteen. It's just one of those things. Here's my point, guys. If you are a listener and you are Bitcoin rich. Just throw us one <laughs> coin, <laughs> and then we can keep doing the show forever. I, I wonder how many not seized by any governments or not like stolen, right? But like, how many bitcoins specifically are lost in the world? We know that number; it's twenty percent. 
20% yeah. are just twenty percent like, have, haven't been touched. Is the number where Holy they see fuck. no movement? So twenty one million. No twenty percent. What's twenty one? What's twenty percent of twenty one million? I don't know. I don't do math. Okay, that's <laughs> a lot of money in Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, isn't uh, I don't know what the market cap of Bitcoin is right now, but it's got to be, you know, close to a trillion. Anyway, crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. Anyway, uh, races. We had that ICO. It's such a perfect time. Every day Ethereum was going up in price, and every day they're investing that Ethereum in the center. Boom. I could not have seen a better life for me. I never wanted it to stop. Well, Popper says, and this is when he's on the phone with Ray and Sam, he says, the strangest thing to me is that neither of you have any experience in blockchain. How did you decide to get into this business? Uh, me and Sam, you know, we've been, you know, these little nerds since we were young, you know. We always love computers and whatnot. Now, we know that's bullshit because he always said Sorby was the nerd. Yeah. Okay. And he wanted nothing to do with him because he right. was all pilled out. Sure. So you almost kind of see him assuming half of, like, this grandiose, amazing yeah. idea. Well, <laughs> Popper says, I keep thinking that once I started asking harder questions, they're going to shut down and realized that this was not going to be good for them. And again, I think they actually started to believe in their own success. Well, next we see the Sunday business issue of the New York Times, dated October 29, 2017, with the headline, How Floyd Mayweather Helped Two Young Guys from Miami Get Rich. Celebrity endorsements are helping startups raise big money in so-called initial coin offers. What was the name of the person that helped them? Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather. He's a boxer. Oh, that's right. That's right. Mother Weather. <laughs> All right. You going to kick me while I'm down? No, just, it was part of the RSB uh, know, meme. What a, a meme. fucking sick meme that was, dude. But it's not exactly clear what they are selling. Remember Ray's mom? I was actually at my mother's house. <laughs> <laughs> what am like? Sitting on plastic furniture. And we, Yeah, that's totally what it's like. And we all kind of read it at the same time. And we all said... This is not good, Ray. Well, Ray says, I'm reading it. And I was just like in disbelief. So the so the New York Times article finally comes out. Yeah. That the guy's been tracking him already after he's made the deal with the Koreans. Yeah. And he's already got a couple, like 60 mil in the bank at least. Yeah. And then the New York article comes out. Yeah. And how long is it? Doesn't say. It's, I saw it. It's probably three or four pages. It's wow. the cover story. Of, it's, it, wait, it is a cover story? Well, of uh, the okay. Sunday business issue. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm reading it and I'm in disbelief. All the time, I hope no one's actually going to read the article. Well, Jacob Renzel, the vet who invested, he says, I wrote an email to my lawyer and I was like, did you see this? And right afterwards, I sold everything because I knew that there was no more. I took a considerable loss. How did he, what did he sell? How does he, th so it was an initial coin offering. Yeah. And then he just sold everything. He got out of it. And then he just took a huge hit, obviously. Yeah. Oh, okay. Damn. So he just turned the coins into whatever. I mean, whatever However. he could get for whatever. I'm sure he just Oof. probably transferred it to a stable coin or something like that. A basic background check would have turned out numerous run-ins with the law the company president has had. The boxer's endorsement of Centra, along with similar endorsement from popular rapper DJ Khaled. Khaled. <laughs> DJ Khaled. I'm so, Khalid. I'm, so, I'm so white. DJ Khaled. 
lent a patina of credibility to a project that ended up with more than a few problems, including a chief executive. He's reading this by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who does not appear to have been a real person and a shaky, fast-shifting business plan. Well, Johnny says, I remember him calling me, and he was livid. And he was like, I'm going to sue him. I'm like, you're not going to sue the New York Times. Uh, you know. Yeah, he wasn't wrong. He was right about everything. And I was like, good luck, man. I don't think it's going to work out the way you think it's going to work out. Well, Robert says the author was going to write a slander piece no matter what. His whole mentality was anyone involved in crypto is a degenerate, and they need to be exposed. And he just set his sights on us. And I, my response, good. Yeah. You fucks. Good, yeah, man. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry he randomly got lucky on you. Yeah, you know? no, no. It's, I mean, and by the way... He did his he, job. He's a exactly. journalist. Exactly. He's a fucking journalist, you dumb fucking male yeah. stripper. Yeah. He It wasn't a hit piece. This guy's the same guy that also goes around saying, oh, fucking censorship. Uh, yeah. Oh, the election was stolen. Oh, uh, <laughs> trying to take my guns away. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's me. That's me talking. Wait a minute. Oh, uh, uh, Russia was a hoax. <laughs> Well, I mean, now, <laughs> I mean, you said nothing wrong so far. Everything you said was all 100% correct. Uh, yeah, well, who knows? Uh, so Ray says, Farkas set up the whole article. And I'm like, did you not ask, like, what they're writing about? You know, like, you just agreed to do this article and take the pictures. And fucking you didn't ask what this article was all about. And again, dummy. You don't understand how journalism works. He's tell you, I'm writing an article on your company. Yeah. Oh, great. And the interviewer says, why didn't you ask what it was about? And he's like, he'd already spoken to the New York Times. You know, he was the person that we had put in charge of doing tests like that. Well, Farkas says, Ray blames me for not vetting him. I don't think Ray remembers where he was in 2017. He was high as a kite. Yep. <sighs> Ray's response. He's dumb. Naive. All the above. He was just a yes man, right? He had no experience in any sort of thing that required you to use your brain. <laughs> now, the irony just kills me here. Not only is this guy think he's the smartest guy in the room, which obviously isn't. He's just a cock. You know, also, what you sometimes will see with this is like, yes, and at, reflectively... You would hope that this guy doesn't think this way. And I'm sure that the documentary presents it in such fashion where, like, because he's talking in the moment and how he was feeling at Nothing's the time. Nothing's taken out of context. I'm not saying it's taken out of context. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, like it, retro, even, like, does this guy speak this way even retroactively, like, uh, within retrospect of what happened? Yeah. But, like, I understand, again, that you say that, and I haven't seen it. Yeah. And you say that, but I just hope that that's accurate because... He's you know, a again, dummy. I get that too, but what I'm saying is a lot of times when the documentarians are, they're asking you to be in the moment and talk about as if you're there. So yeah. like when you're saying it, it seems like you're talking in the present. Mm -mm. As he's retarded. We he's a it. moron. Okay, we got it. Let's go. And that's why this is so frustrating to watch. Yeah. You're just like... Just a greaseball. It's real greaseball shit. Yeah, real, okay? real greaseball shit. Real R-S-B-S. So Farkas says, Wow, real greaseball shit. R-S-B. Fuck him. I think I just speaking to Ray pissed him off even more because he realized that he's just not a good guy. 
Well, time to meet Robert Cohen, uh, who is our, an SEC investigator. Our GSB. Mm-hmm. We don't have to keep calling back R-G- RSB. R-R-G-B-S. Everything is not a callback why to RSB why can't 68. I, why can't no offense, RSB 68, <laughs> no, but Dave's just, got you on I'm the retarded. brain. I'm just thinking about your memes, buddy. All right, let's go. All right. So Cohen says the New York Times article was really important. When things get that kind of public attention and there's that big of a question about whether something's real and when people are raising a lot of money, that makes the SEC interested. There was an aspect of Centra that was really brazen. They were saying things that did not take a lot of work to prove were not true, like the relationships with credit card companies and banks, using photos of fake people with fake biographies and thinking that this was going to work long term. It, it's just hard to understand how anybody would think that it would work. And maybe they were joking, but to make up a story that the CEO died in an accident, that that would work, it's just hard to imagine. Right. Well, like, so when the, yeah, 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 yeah. So then they, that's right. They like, they, I forgot that they closed the public Slack channel, right? Originally or no? No, it's still open. Oh, okay. I think. Mm. But the whole point is... Oh, no, no, they started paying people to say good yeah. things. That's right, that's right. Yeah, that's right. and then some people were not willing to be bought off. Right, because they had more than $10,000 invested in or, or whatever. they had nothing invested, and they were yeah. just like, fuck you guys. Yeah, well, they had that too, that too. So, the virtuous people. Um, Sam says, we are fully on board with any regulatory bodies to make sure everything's done correctly. Centra's here to last for a very long time. We're doing everything we can by the book. Uh, and Ray says, Centra was completely illegitimate nonsense at first. But once we started generating millions of dollars, we saw that there was actually a chance to go fully legit. We needed a good lawyer to help us get there. Now, remember I talked about the lawyer that they got in episode one named yes. Eric Pope. So they just Googled this guy. They found him on Wall Street. Good fucking lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see. Just find like, me a good. Just fucking. like when they googled old white guy. Yeah, old white guy. It was like good <laughs> fucking. Yeah, not with a G. Fucking. Give me a good fucking Falk, lawyer. The Falcon Islands. So, uh, you know, they've got Eric Pope, who is working on making sure the center coins weren't securities. Now, as you know, we've been down this road before with hacks and all that stuff. And what is the security and all that crap? <laughs> yeah, we've been down the road with hex. Okay, yeah. because we didn't want to he- be in hot water with the SEC. Our secretary got the mail, and there was a 500-page subpoena from the SEC. Well, time to meet. To you guys. To the to, I mean, yeah. to you guys. To, to whatever. To Central. Wow. So next, we meet a gentleman by the name of Alan Shute. Okay? Now, he is. Spell it. S-H-U-T-T. Cool. Now, he's the CCO of Centratech. He's a new guy. Uh-oh. Now, I'm assuming CCO. compliance officer. Compliance, gotcha. So he says, we're a company that wants to comply um, with the laws <laughs> with and the regulations and here the- in the United States. Now, here's the thing I noticed about Alan Shute mm-hmm. when they got this guy. He's not a young guy. He Bald looks dude. like a corporate suit. He's probably 50. Okay. Bald. Looks like he'd be good at this job. Yeah, like he would know how to muck up if you need he's to. He's too old to fucking party with strippers and do coke all right, That's right, my right, point. Right, right, right. That's That was my take. He's chamomile. And- so anyway, they hire him uh, as general counsel and chief compliance officer at Centra. And Robert says, Alan started asking questions about who our legal counsel was. And we told him. 
hey, listen, we got Eric Pope from Water Street in Manhattan. Well, Ray says he was like 20 years in business. He's got experience as a lawyer. And Robert's like, his website was amazing. Oh, He's quick no. on the phone. He's perfect. Mm-hmm. Bad news incoming. Your honor. And Robert says, we said, well, Shoot says you can't find his bar license anywhere. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he said, this guy's a fraudster. What are you talking about? And Shoot says, he, Pope's a scam. So Eric Pope ended up being a college kid from Virginia named John Lambert. <laughs> uh, scam the scammers. Remember that? Of course, but uh, you gotta love this. Uh, this man. is fucking karma at its best. It doesn't dude. get any it's better. Irony. Good fucking lawyer. It's, this is crazy. This is this is fucking uh, uh, Breaking Bad over here. Correct. Basically. So we see an interview of John Lambert, like on a TV show, like Fox, and he says. I see Donald Trump is reviving the Republican Party. He's a 17-year-old kid, okay, who is in college just pretending to be a lawyer on the side for kicks. That's fucking Like, he's great. fucking playing video games That's fucking and giving awesome. people legal counsel while he's yeah. fucking, like, setting up a perimeter and Call of Duty and all this shit. Amazing. Yes. So, turns out he was one of the founders. Online legal advice. <laughs> Call me, FaceTime me, Discord, Instagram messages, whatever you need. You know what? We could do this while I play video games. Yeah, I don't even yeah. have to pretend like I'm not. Oh, uh, look, if you want to just jump into the uh, Modern Warfare lobby, we could talk to each other through there. <laughs> this way, the, uh, the government doesn't really have to hear us. So he was one of the founders for Students for Trump. One of the founders for Students for Trump. He's real oh. greaseball shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fucking he's just grifting whatever side will give him money Ray says he was in college you know Yeah, we paid him and Sorby got finessed by his young college kid into believing we were abiding by the SEC's rules okay again Ray this fuckhead refuses to take responsibility okay and blames everybody else because again when you're pilled up you can't be taking phone calls all right? When you're fucking hookers, you got to fucking make sure everybody else does their job. Yeah. Well, then... You got to make sure she's not breaking the Oxycontin with the salt shaker and getting glass in there and like correct, already laying. Correct. And then you got no nose. You got no nose. You, you got a get, fucking pig nose. He's on nose number four. I believe it. He loves Coke. Yeah. Sometimes even with glass shards in it. <laughs> so next we see an actor portraying John Lambert as Eric Pope. And he's just like, just take it off your website and abide by the season desist. No problem. You're a utility token. Most companies start with a vision, and then they build it into a reality. Well, Farkas says all the emails he sent us with the SEC were fake. Everything was a lie. It was like this young fucking kid, you know. Wait, wait, maniac. wait, 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 wait. Yeah. What was? Wait, wait. What was fake? All the interaction that he was pretending to have with the SEC. Okay, but did the, the SEC actually did sue them. Fuck yeah, they did. Oh, fuck. Okay, I thought. But for these a dummies second, just okay, forward okay. this shit to fucking Lambert, I guess. Got it, got it, got it. I don't know why I and thought then, for a second he was yeah. involved with the scamming of And the, then okay. he's just like, okay, okay. Dude, I got you. I'm yeah. billing these guys like 10 grand an oh, hour or whatever. Shit. He's not in it for the long con. I think shit, he's just trying to smash dude. and grab some smash. quick cash. 
And then you got none of the money left, and you, well, you do a couple years in jail, and you're out, and you're still fine. Anyway, Ray calls him a fucking maniac. He's like, my partner thought it was a legit lawyer the whole time he was talking to him, basically being scammed, you know. <sighs> then the tailor, remember the tailor from the original shot of the mm-hmm. scene when he's getting dressed? They go back, they're fitting him for a suit in the very first opening shot of the movie. We go back to that. And then the tailor goes, double scamming. <laughs> and he goes, he was scamming a scammer? And Ray's like, yeah, crazy. And well, Cohen, he says, the SEC poetic justice will what build in a cop. the foundation of the case. And then, of course, the FBI and the DOJ, they take that foundation and then they go forward on the criminal side. Yeah. Well, time to meet Sam Enzer. He's the federal prosecutor on the case. And he says... I read Nathaniel Popper's New York Times article, and there's a photo of the three co-founders of CenterTech, and they're in these snazzy suits, and they look very happy. It's like giving the middle finger to the FBI and saying, come and get me. There was rampant fraud going on in this market, way too many cases. We were just looking for the ones that were the most egregious examples of conduct where we need to send a message to the market. When you're sitting there as a prosecutor, your first thought is, maybe there's an explanation for this, okay? Maybe they did have a license. Maybe Mike Edwards is a real person. Well, we hear a reporter next that says, (laughs) basically, he got compensation to promote this initial coin offering and didn't disclose it. Who's that? That's the reporter. He just comes in. Oh, okay. So Cohen says the SEC filed complaints against DJ Khaled, Floyd Mayweather, and they forced them to give the money back um, that they've been paid for promotions. They also paid penalties. After that, Central started taking actions to try and hide things right away. But how can they force them to pay (laughs) money back? Dude, it's the clawbacks, man. This shit happens all the time. So, so, so in other words... They had to, so they were paid, was Khaled and them paid some, you said some stock I think or some coins? I know some Floyd co- was. Some Floyd cash got Floyd. some cash and some, some center. They so you have to pay back the cash and the coin? I don't know. This particular. me, dude. Then he's going to sue the, fuck me, dude. Well, God, money, scumbags. money started going out of accounts and that really accelerated everything coming apart. And the interviewer asked Ray, says, were you nervous? And he goes, nah. Nothing really fazed me at all. I had so many Xanax. <laughs> Makes you not really feel anything. It's true. It's what, this is <laughs> what everybody says. Look at what I have written in my script. Would you write? I can't, I can't read from my That true, Dave? That true? <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn right, it's true. Always make a note. Xanax is one of those <laughs> where you could, hole, huh? you could just, you could be an everyday person, no, no, no addictions to anything really, no like... Being, you know, maybe you have a little bit of alcohol and maybe you do a little bit of here, whatever, the, here and there. Mm-hmm. Xanax is one of those where you can accidentally get caught up in that and yeah. it's a hard road out. Um, I'm, it's a hard road off. I, trust me, I know. It's, I've heard the it, horror stories. I have friends, including family members that have died from Xanax. Oh, sure. And it's not to be trifled with. No, but it's not even just that, but it's like the, 
disassociativeness that it it brings is like the um the fog it's di- i've never taken heroin but i've taken opiates before yeah and other drugs too a lot of these drugs still make you somewhat introspect like introspectful not xanax like, not xanax dude yeah. xanax dissolves all your worries it just sends you to the 12th it's just planet. fucking it makes you happy it's it's yeah. the happy pill i mean you take a little bit you could fall asleep great but yeah. if you're up on it the only time I ever recall taking it was when I was coming down from Coke and somebody was like, Oh, it's the easiest way to do you it. You have to dangerous. take this. Yeah. But now, but now, now I'll, I would never trust the uh, street uh, Zambars. Zambars. Those are. But you still crazy. trust your street Coke. Yeah. yeah okay. Because yeah, I got I got trustworthy street Coke dealers. All right. Well, Renzel, he was the vet investor. He says, One day I got messaged, Hey, do you know of Centra Tech? Um, we're going to file a lawsuit. And I ended up contacting him saying, hey, listen, I collected all this data and I presented all the information. And they said, hey, you're the right guy. Would you represent this as a class action lawsuit? So I did accept the role of becoming the lead plaintiff. The SEC would eventually use our information from our lawsuit to take Centratech down. Wow. Well, Cohen says the SEC worked together with the DOJ to put together a case that the FBI could go arrest these guys. Uh, This was their first big high-profile fraud case that the FCC brought in the cryptocurrency world. So I guess that means all these other major failures that we've heard about, like I'm saying Mt. Gox. Yeah, well, Mt. Gox was a hack. They came... No, 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 no. Yeah, it was. No, no, it it wasn't a hack. It It was a government seizure. Oh, because didn't didn't the U.S. come we and talked seize? about this last we episode? About, no, I'm I pretty sure. Go, remember. I'm pretty sure Mount Gox was a government seizure. The U.S. came in and took like came in and took like 250 million worth of big or whatever it was. Right. But that's the government. It wasn't right. stolen, right? Okay. Am I, I wrong about that? Well, I mean, I, I could wrong. refer to last week's notes. I could be wrong out. about that, but also apparently, right? All those wallets are unlocked. Like every, people know if any money were to move out of those wallets. I think like there's no. They know which wall. Anyway, I don't really know exactly, but um, so yeah. Mount Gox. Yeah, just to refresh our memory, it collapsed in 2014. Okay, 850 thousand bitcoins were lost, which was over 450 million. But in- the the CEO Mark Carpel uh, declared bankruptcy. Okay, but investors lost yeah but and never got it back but that doesn't say why it got lost no it doesn't say if it was hacked it just says lost i think it was a government seizure because i think i don't think any of that money's ever moved from those accounts from let those us wallets. know if you know the gox yeah let us you know, know about the little, gox let us know about the gox but yeah you're saying like celsius and all these other ones and the sam bankford feed bullshit all those other ones like well the celsius thing <laughs> from what i know because i had a lot of friends that told people, hey, put your money in Celsius because they were fucking morons. From what I understand, that all got rugged. Okay. So what happened with Celsius, to my knowledge, is you were able to file a claim. Okay. And everybody's like, oh, we're going to get our money back. Everything's going to be fine. And then they went to bankruptcy. And the idea was, well, it's a restructuring. It's chapter 11. So then what you can do is take assets in our new coin which will revive celsius and then you'll be able to make your money back down the road the problem is everybody's like this isn't a fucking business that's going to thrive after you guys just went fucking bankrupt and lost all the goddamn money okay so then what's the alternative 
You either lose your money or don't get anything. I I, I don't think anybody got any of their money back. No, no, I don't think it's, it's so either. It's fu- well, here's what I do know. If you were on account with, uh, I forget what the term is, when you were taking that 20% APY, and first of all, yeah, anybody can. listening to this, yeah. somebody ever says, I'm going to give you 20% APY, yeah. do, just tell them to fuck off. Yeah, it's fish. Already. Okay. But this is where fish sticks. This is what was happening. You had uh, Celsius. You had BlockFi. Now I was in BlockFi. You know why? Real quickly. You yeah. know why they thought this twenty API bullshit would work? Is because they look at the fucking Federal Reserve and they're like, "Oh, fractional reserve banking. Let's do that with, with coins." Sure. And let's instead of a hundred percent whatever bullshit, let's do twenty percent. Right. But the whole point is. If you had it in a way, there was custodian accounts and there were earn accounts. Yeah. Okay. So the earn accounts were 20% APY. Right. The custodial accounts, you were just holding it there. Yeah. So from what I understand, if you had money in Celsius and you were in a custodian account, you got your money back. But if you were in an APY account, yeah. that money was gambled away. Yeah, it was and all, you're the last was at all, the fucking line. It was all borrowed against yeah. and borrowed against. That's so, how they're doing the 20% because right. you're allowing one person to borrow 10 times on their... Correct. But here's the thing I always go back to. I remember when people doing this and I was like, this is a dumb idea. I kept a little in BlockFi and it, I think it was getting like 5%. And I was like, that's reasonable. I'll do that. Yeah. But when I heard about Celsius, I still yanked it all out of BlockFi. And then they went under. So I got out in time. But if you think about famous Ponzi schemes in history, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yes. This is exactly what Bernie Madoff did. Okay, but you know what Madoff was giving? Uh, yeah, 12%. Uh, correct, correct, 14. Yeah, and that so, was like crazy. And that was insane. Yeah, okay? and look at Nancy Pelosi. What's she getting? I don't know, but I, I will tell you this. She just bought calls on um, uh, Pan W yesterday, Ooh. and I just bought the dip four days ago, and I'm up 15% in four Ooh. days. But the point is, if you want to... I need to get to your fucking Patreon. <laughs> if you want to follow Nancy's action, um, I, th- I think the Nancy Pelosi tracker got pulled down off Twitter. Yeah, it's, it's on the internet somewhere. Just though. send me a DM. It's on the internet somewhere. You can find it. So, but I didn't buy because Nancy bought. Yeah. I just bought the dip because yeah, I was yeah. like, this company is amazing. Nancy. Big tits, Nancy. Nancy, big tits. Anyway, um, she also was holding some extreme. MBT. She's extremely. Oh, <laughs> MBT, big Nancy, tits. big tits. No, she's holding, I know right now, some extremely deep in the money calls on uh, NVIDIA that are expiring <laughs> like two years. And they're like super deep in the money. They're like six hundred dollars. And like that's fucking. And those she plays a she pays a huge premium for those. Too. Oh, absolutely. So she knows it's gonna go crazy. Yeah, probably. Crazy maze. So anyway, um, well, by short, the way, time to short it. By the way, that's how rich people play options. Yeah, yeah, by yeah, the way, yeah. they don't buy out of the money. No, options. no, but they're putting millions of dollars. In yeah, there. they're putting they're putting two million in. Yeah, saying, to win I twelve. I, I hope I turn this two. No, this two million, and I can turn it into three and a half in two oh, years. Okay, you know, right. they're not doing anything crazy. Okay. Okay, so anyway, if right. anybody ever comes up to you and says, hey, I want to give you 20%, tell them to fuck off. Yep. Same thing if it's 15. Right. Okay, what is the stock market return on average? Eight, 8%. 8% a year. Okay, so again. That barely, co- that barely covers inflation. All right, let's go. Or, <laughs> or, in, or like fucking uh, federal. All right, let's go. All right, so Trapani says when the SEC investigation was going on, me and Sorby were fighting over debt that we'd made from our previous company, Miami Exotics. I right, got Sorby. Right, right, the car company. And I'm like, yo, we have to the take... The dealership. Yeah. It wasn't a dealership. They were just renting cars. Uh, you, almost, uh, you almost said the whole thing like, am I going? Yeah, no, they were renting cars. Right, right, right. So he's like, you know, 
we have to take half a million dollars, pay off all the debt that I had sitting there. Uh, I just wanted to pay all that off because it was my family's name. Let's take, you know, 500000 in Ethereum. I'll cash it out, pay all my family's debts. You know, that's only fair. I wanted it to come from Centra. He says, yo, go fuck yourself. I almost got in a fist fight with him in the office. If Sorby paid his debt, I swear I would have never fucked him. I stepped down from the company. I was like, fuck you. I just started cashing out millions of dollars in Centricoin myself. Um, nah, I'm pretty sure it would have fucked him either way. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So this is, again, fascinating to watch this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, re- he's just playing himself as the victim in all yeah. this. And I think he's pilled up in the fucking interviews. Sure. All right? I might be wrong. <laughs> Ray's mom, Carrie. I mean, it was bad, you know. Everything was crazy. Bill, Pop, knew nothing about everything that was going on, how bad it was. He was very sick. He was having chemotherapy. He had brain surgery. Is that grandma? No. Is it still mom? That's Ray's mom. Okay, still grandma. Keep in mind, Pop is the CEO of the company now. I know. Okay? Fucking Rothschild. (laughs) My father died in the middle of it. His father died in the middle of it? Oh, Jesus. Yep. Um, So Kerry says he totally loved Ray. You know, and he loved my father. And at this point, we see some really weird intercuts from Ray and Pop when they were like, Pop was taking him to Bush Gardens as a kid. Okay. And I see what the documentary's trying to do. They're trying to humanize, humanize this guy a little bit. Oh, he's love, he's his son somewhere. Say hello, Papa Roo. Oh, God. You know, Ray was devastated. And Ray just goes, I'm going off on a bender. Oh God. <laughs> Any excuse. <laughs> well, uh, wrecked my car. Better go on a bender. He was in like the heights of his addiction. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was very fearful. Take a Xanax like they were M&Ms. At that point, I was like, fuck this company. Gambling every day. Doing drugs every day. And you know, why work? I don't have any more responsibility. And I have all this money. I'm paying high-stakes poker games, and Sorby calls me, and he tells me he got arrested for security fraud. You know, I'm like, I'm fucked. Of course, but now I try to think positive. I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing and thinking positive at any given moment. Well, before I left the casino that day... He was arrested. I just took as many drugs as possible to kind of make sure if I got arrested, I'm going to be fucking high. When I get arrested. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's got, I mean. It's like the person who says, all right, you, you have an intervention with him and um, he agrees to go to rehab. But then he's like, but you got to let me get fucked up one, one more last time. time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever drink so much that you actually fear that someone's going to give you an intervention? Mm, no, I don't think so. Oh, man. I've been there like two points in my life where I'm like, people know. Okay. I'm not <laughs> yeah. hiding it very well. And I get a call from like a friend that I hadn't heard of in like six months. And he was like, hey, hey you, you want wanna... to meet us too at um, <laughs> exactly. Finnegan's on, uh, yeah. on Wilshire and Sixth? And you're like, like oh, no, what? No, I don't. Well, Finnegan's, I don't. no. Yeah, I they bet do, you. Finnegan's, I, they don't even serve alcohol there. I bet you I dodged at least two possible interventions in my time just by having a yeah. nice radar, you know? Yeah, well, I'm not <laughs> married. And um, 
And I, I don't do my drugs out in public really all that often. So, dude, I did most of mine at home by myself. Yeah, and that's and then. You know, my parents are too old to even know what an intervention really is, right. or that right. how high I or really cocaine am. for that matter. Oh, they know cocaine, but um, yeah, it's never really, it's never really be- become that much of an issue for me. I guess I don't know. Well, just so you know, when it does happen, it's yeah. going to be me uh-huh. and RSB sixty eight. <laughs> fucking, I'm going to convert you guys and turn you guys both into. <laughs> We're gonna be doing rails by the end of the night. By before that intervention. Hey, I our our listeners m- may have coke, uh, coke, cocaine, and can do it like gentlemen. Yeah, I okay. am a gentleman. What? <laughs> am I a scoundrel? Yeah. All right, let's get back to the pot. Okay. Well, Ray's attorney called me and he said, "You know, I have bad news. He's facing like two hundred and forty years in prison." <laughs> okay, this is some scary stuff. 240 years in prison. Mm -hmm. I was terrified for him. I didn't want to lose my son. (laughs) Well, we hear a reporter. Centra are accused of masterminding a fraudulent initial coin offering that Centra offered a debit card it said was backed by Visa and MasterCard. But the SEC says that Centra had no relationship with either company. Well, Jacob, he's the vet. He says it felt good to know that justice was going to get served in some capacity. Um, well, the interviewer of the film says, did you feel like you had played a part in that? And he says, absolutely. SEC, Homeland Security, they were using our case. I was charged with security fraud, conspiracy to commit security fraud, wire fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud. And at that point, I start like reaching out to my lawyers and I'm like, what's going on here? They were like, well, what you can do is you can cooperate if you want. I tell my lawyer, I'm like, I would 100% cooperate. No problem. Whatever it takes. So this guy didn't even have that step in the movie where they're like, I'm not a rat. Okay. And you got to like, you know, have a moment to yourself or talk to your family. He just immediately says, whatever I got to do. Yeah. As long as I can do pills. I tell, I'll tell on anybody. (laughs) Yeah. So he says, I've got no loyalty. I met with them. Keep in mind, he's got the loyalty tattoo on his chest. Oh, God, that's right. No regrets. I, <laughs> you know, my favorite uh, tattoo is, What's that? by the way, quick segue. Mm. So one of my favorite things to do. No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> no regrets is one of the worst great tattoos yeah. of all time. So regrets, you know how we all have this thing that we do that we know is not good for us when it comes to like mental floss online, all these crappy websites. Yes. The list websites. Mine is stuttering John Melendez. Okay. So, but the list websites, I call them aids for your computer. Yeah. That's aids. Yes. You can hear your computer go. (laughs) (laughs) And and (sighs) my GPU, my, my NVIDIA card starts going. Exactly. It's like giving off the most heat. But my goal, when I come across the one that says like 20 bad tattoos, bad tattoos you've got to see. Yeah. I go through it every time. That's a good one. And only for one reason. Yeah. There's really bad, great tattoos like we just discussed. Right. People misspell things. Sure. Okay. They have awful artwork. Yeah. But my favorite, I have two favorite bad okay. tattoos. One is the one that a guy or a woman uses put homer simpson's face above her pussy and the lips of the uh, homer simpson's <laughs> I've seen lips. That one before. Okay. but the other one i'm always waiting to see yeah. it's such a simple one yeah 
there's a woman who's got a bush and there's just a little stick figure pushing a lawnmower <laughs> at the top of it. <laughs> I'm like, that is the cheapest dumb <laughs> That's thrill fucking for hilarious. me. If I could see the stick figure with the lawnmower. The, my favorite would always was always the one that looks like the, it's like a picture of a baby holding a finger, but the finger looks like a cock. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay, back to it. All right. So um, they say, you going to cooperate? And I say, yeah. And then they send me to rehab. All right, let's fast okay. forward four years later. Yay. April 2022. April 2022. Uh-huh. So um, we see Ray. Ah, that's pretty recent. Yeah, we see Ray. He's getting dolled up. He's putting a lot of cologne on himself. <laughs> of okay. course he is. Uh, he's got the smell good for the ladies. He's got the custom fitted suit. And um, and then he's like, uh, I've been rehabbed 13 times. But this time, you know, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done. Today is my sentencing for 11 felonies facing over 100 years. The biggest thing is to have the judge believe you're not going to do more crime. The whole point of putting somebody away in jail is to make it so they don't commit more crimes and hurt uh, the community or, or whatever the fuck they say. <laughs> so then yeah. Ray's lawyer, uh, we see Ray talking to his lawyer and Ray's like, so how's, how's the baby? And he's like, my wife's actually in the hospital right now. No way, dude. Yeah, water broke this morning. Uh, I took Turned her to the hospital. Turned out to be a lie. <laughs> <You're kidding. laughs> yeah. And the lawyer's like, well, do you want to go to the hospital? And he's like, no, I'm going to go after court. And, you know, lawyer's like, we can, you know, if this is an emergency, you know. And he's like, nah, I mean, a water broke. She thinks she's going to be there all day. I mean, it's not It's not like he's going to go to jail today. No. Even if he loses. No. But does she want me? Like, no one wants to delay this court date, you know. She doesn't want me to. Do I look like a criminal? I, I met my wife while I had an ankle bracelet on. I felt she was the one. I ran with it. Yeah. And like within a month, she's pregnant. It was her plant thing. Uh, she uh, had an IUD, <laughs> had an ankle bracelet. She was in for smack. I was yeah. in for Zambars. You know, it was a yeah. yin and yang thing. Obviously, like, you know, uh, you're finishing in her. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> what a classy guy. It's a scumbag. So, you know, you're not in the face and in the <laughs> pussy. <laughs> So, you know, when you finish it in her, you know there's some kind of possibility. All right? <laughs> what kind of asshole talks like this in a documentary about himself? Okay? Yeah. I'm going to say it again. I was thinking to myself. I'm going to say it again. It was real greaseball shit. Anyway, I got sober. I uh, cooperated with uh, law enforcement. I cooperated with the FBI and SEC, I gave them everything. I know if you work with the FBI, they work with you. And you kind of, you know, it just requires complete honesty. I gave the FBI enough information to be able to put Sorby away for eight years and Farkas away. Well, we find out Sorby gets eight years in prison. All right. And um, so he'll get 16, what, 25. How much do you think Ray's going to get? 25. Okay. And what do you think Robert Farkas is going to get? He was the fucking gay stripper. Not gay stripper. Just six. He Eight. Get, he gets a year. Okay. So Farkas says, so this is the room where Sam got sentenced on Zoom. And he shows this room. And he goes, Sam was sitting right here. His mother, um, 
his father, his whole family. I thought his father was dead. This is Sorby. Oh, okay. Sorby. And he's like eight years is fucked up. Well, He'll be out in four. Paul Petruzzi. It's probably already out. Maybe. <laughs> Paul Petruzzi. This is Farkas's lawyer. He says, I think it was really drastic. I don't agree with the sentencing across the board in this case. Farkas just doesn't strike me as the type. He was just sort of a deer in the headlights. I think his biggest mistake was getting involved and relying on what he was being told by Ray Trapani. But Ray Trapani is a real criminal. Well, Trapani says, the fact that I cooperated means a lot. So, you know, I'm in hopes that I get less time. You know, I'm sorry for what I did. Okay? It's always been very hard to find empathy and these feelings towards people that I never really met. I've always been like that. Uh, I think that's something that I need to build on myself and really get there where it's like I can feel for, you know, Joe Schmo is in China. It's clear at this point, this dude's a sociopath. Okay. Yeah. He's a dummy sociopath. Right. Well, are you ready to hear a sentencing from the judge? Let's hear it, baby. Mr. Trapani. I'm very much influenced by the government's report of your cooperation. I'm not sure I've ever heard the word extraordinary used in connection with cooperation. Wow, and this now, rat bastard. And now I've heard it multiple times at every stage of the case, from the investigation to sentencing of your co-defendants. So, Mr. Trapani, wow. it is the judgment of the court that you are sentenced to a term of imprisonment of time served. Holy fuck. He gets mm -hmm. out and they stay and they get fucked. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. What a scumbizzle. Furthermore, the judge says, God. I really don't want to interrupt the path that you were on because you seem to be doing so well. Now, this is one of the rare cases. Yeah. We're being high and doing crime. Right. Pays. Yeah, because he was like, I'm high and lazy, so I want to leave. And they got fucked because they stayed until the end. First How one, long between... Um, no, no, but the point is this. He, the company's going down in flames. Yeah. He's like, I can't do this. I got to fuck I'm out. I got to go do later. You guys do this. So these guys are still trying to unfuck everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? And save the shit. And then when the shit finally hits the fan, he's done less because he wasn't involved towards the end. And first one that flips, man. Wow. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So he gets out and he's with his wife and he's like, we did it. No jail time. She's like, I love you so much. I'm so happy. Come I love fuck you. me. I love you. I'm, I love you. I'm coming now. In my uh, probably going to fill you up in a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm, <kidding. laughs> I'm, I'm going to bring that new pearl necklace, I said. <sighs> anyway, Robert Farkas's lawyer, he says, it's shocking to me with his record, with his record, and as much of a scumbag as he admits he is, that he winds up with literally the lowest sentence in this case. It's fucking crazy. Why? Well, because he cooperated with the government. All of a sudden, it puts an aura on somebody that somehow justifies treating them differently. And then he gets it in the car on his way to see his wife, okay? And he goes, no time, bitch. Wow. Yeah, it's Just literally... throwing it in everybody's face. But then he still obviously is going to be... So no, like no reparation. 
No. Ah, I just kept the money, huh? I'm sure he's going to be sued we're by hundreds, of, we're hundreds of people. Carrie's, his, the mom's like, well, she loved you. And Ray's lawyer says, comparing it to Sorby's is like night and day. And move to Florida. Sorby's face in 175 years. Oh, my God. Even though they already said he only got eight. Oh, oh I see. I see so I see. Paul Petruzzi, that's Farkas's lawyer, he says, with cooperators, when you completely absolve them of everything and you reduce the sentence from 20 years to zero. So it's going to be about 20? You are sending. Are you sending a message at all? You shouldn't commit crimes? Or just the next time that you carjack somebody, rat out the person that you did it with, and you can go home? He's a criminal through and through. I can almost guarantee you that the three people that were prosecuted in this case, the one most likely to wind up in federal court again is Ray. And it's not civil court either. It'll be criminal. So again, wow. we see him on the phone. He's video conferencing with his wife and the new baby. And, and he's swatted. And he's like, uh, I'll be there in 20 minutes. And, you know, uh, he, he talks about his kid. And we see him holding him up in the hospital. And he's like, a little fucking Liam. He wasn't even crying. Farkas, he's a degenerate. The audacity of the government to praise him as a good guy. And then we see the interview, interviewer. Um, he's probably working with the government the whole time. You think? <laughs> I mean, how else do people get deals like this, dude? Well, remember... Um, Especially with so much compelling public interest. Remember Dr. Andrew Halaiko, who was the, the stolen identity for old white guy? Yeah. He says, Ray Trapani just received a sentencing last month. And Dr. Halaiko says, oh? He's like, yeah, no time. No time served. And he's like, wow, that's incredible. Hmm. Yeah, that is incredible. Yeah. And then, of course, Renzel finds out about this. And he's like... That's the writer? That's the fucking vet. Oh, right, right. And they what, sit what down the with him. Say, okay, go on. They sit down with him. And he can't even talk. He's so he pissed. He out of... He's so pissed. Yeah. He's like, that upsets me. He's like, can I just walk out of here right now? And then he walks out, and then he, he comes here, back in. Fuck! Oh, man. He held it in. And the interviewer says, do you think he changed? And he says, I hope so, but that doesn't absolve him from what he's done in his past. You know that? And likely, likely there might be more funds out there mm -hmm. that he still has from other people, you know? So the interviewer asks Ray and says, what happened to your money? And Ray goes, eh, we got to stop that. Uh, no, uh, my attorney has advised me not to say anything about he goes, my money. Now, Sorby, supposedly, you know, before he got arrested, they were saying that he has a whole new fleet of cars. I told the FBI there's more money out there. You know, uh, what a fucking piece of it's shit, It's up to man. them to find it, Okay. Well, and the I judge, get a percentage. The judge ordered Ray to pay $2.9 to his victims. Wow. Well, two months after his sentence, Ray bought a brand new house. Oh, no. So you're buying a house? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How are you buying a house? Uh, money. That's usually oh, how it goes. Money. <laughs> uh, yeah. How did you have the money to pay for the house? Uh, and then the interviewer asked his friend Johnny, he's like, how's he paying uh, for the house? He's like, Ray, ask him. I don't know. And then the interviewer goes to Ray's mom and says, how did Ray pay for this house? Ray bought his house. Um, his um, his father-in-law co-signed with his wife. Yeah. That sounds like bullshit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Ray, I don't know any single person sub 40 buying a house. 
they're all just, they get a good job and they're just working, fucking, and living in an apartment for the whole life. For First of all, he had all those millions of dollars for all that time. Didn't buy a house, huh? Apparently not. It's pretty degenerate. Maybe he was just renting. Okay. Or maybe he did and they seized it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, okay, maybe, yeah. And the interviewer says, you never know. Like, all of a sudden, there's a house. Well, here's Ray's mom. Why are you telling me that now? Why? Because, and the interviewer's like, oh, I'm just curious. Like, there's no locked uh, millions of dollars in crypto hidden anywhere? I wish there was, because I'd cash it all out. I would move somewhere from this crazy country. And then Ray says, like our parents, they were able to buy a house for like 20 grand, keep it forever. And now they're millionaires. It's mm-hmm. fucking ridiculous. This guy is shit. Oh, God. Now they're millionaires. I said it from the beginning. If you make me him, if you make him look like a scumbag, I'm really going to be pissed because I swear to God, you'll be in big trouble. I'm not kidding. It's like, bitch, you raised him. Yeah. And they these these people don't have to try yeah. to make him look into a scumbag. He's a scumbag. Yeah. That's just who he is. Right. Well, the interviewer says, How do you people how trust you that Ray it? doesn't have money or Sorby doesn't have any money? And she says, Well, Sorby definitely didn't have any money. You're gonna tell me that when all this money was made that he didn't hide it somewhere and that he knows when he gets out in eight years that he's gonna be perfectly fine. Why do you think his girlfriend's staying with him? Huh? You think that there's nothing there? She just loves him so much? I'm not saying she doesn't love him. I don't know if she loves him or not. There's no way that Sorby doesn't have money put somewhere. So you say the only way to buy a house is to do something shady or to try uh, to get help from someone? Yeah. You're buying a house. Which one did you do? I did some shady. Clearly, my fucking whole story is shady shit, you know? And then at this point, we hear Leonard Cohen's first few bars of Everybody Knows begins to play. And we see that in May 2018, the U.S. government seized 100,000 Ethereum from Centratech. Whoa! That's 2018. Okay. And as of 2023, still, oh, still, yeah, yeah. no investors had been paid back any money. <laughs> so the government, apparently, they just take the shit. Yeah. Asset, How's that right? Asset forfeiture. So give it back to the people that got fucked. Yeah, we well, maybe got to sue the government for it. Well, Farkas says once they got their 100,000 Ethereum, they kept it. Was it really about the victims or was it about their headlines, their promotions, their pockets? Well, Robert Farkas, uh, he served his time, and he was released from prison. Damn, 100000 And for dude. some reason, they show him getting out of the clink, and he's getting a tattoo of the Centra logo on his fucking arm. Probably has millions stored somewhere in something. It's probably worth more even now. Sorby, Sam Sorby Sharma, is still Sharma. serving the remainder of his eight-year sentence. Mm-hmm. Now, I bet you're wondering about our Macedonian friends. Let's hear him. What did get our last payment? Oh, Ten um, months of intensive work. What was the last payment, I wonder? Yeah, no money from Centra. They don't say. Last payment, I wonder. Mm-hmm. Okay. Popper 
from the Times says, the basic idea behind cryptocurrencies was really that you shouldn't have to trust these banks anymore. You shouldn't have to trust Wall Street. That, by the way, that was fucking Celsius's tagline, unbank yourself. Fucking Alex, what's his name? That fucking dork. You don't need to trust any of these institutions. The sort of grand irony is it created a new financial system that has basically taught everybody that they can trust nobody. Well, according to this film, an estimated 4.9 billion was invested into crypto startups in 2017. Studies now show that up to 78% of these were scams. Now, are you ready for the good news? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Ray. It's all kind of good news, sort of. I mean, Ray other than him not going to jail. Says that he's starting a new business offering loans to people in need. Wow. Would you like to hear so what he's a the loan interest chart. rate is on it? 20-something percent. 50%. 50% loans. Uh-huh. He's calling this company Cambridge and Brown, named after two prestigious universities. Fuck. 50%. This guy. Wow. He's like, uh, yeah, if your credit's 400, 50%. He says, my entrepreneurial spirit won't get dimmed down by my 12 felonies. Uh, Sam Sorby Sharma provided the following statement via his attorney. Mr. Sharma denies the various claims made by several individuals in this documentary. In the near future, Mr. Sharma looks forward to telling the true story of Center Tech and its background. I will, I'll, I'll, can't wait for that part. Sh- what are we going to do? Are we really going to get a, yeah. a Sorby follow-up yeah, to this Yeah, in a couple shit? years, we're going to get a Sorby follow-up. We're going to find out where the fucking bones are, are dug up. What's the word? Where are the bones buried? How the sausage is made. Yeah. So, um. Where are the bodies buried? I wanted. Where the bones buried? I just wanted to bring up one little tidbit I found. Yeah. Because this teat. little teat that really jumped out at me. Remember me. Lambert? The fucking yeah. fake lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> fucking hilarious. He's the he's the legend of all this he's, whole thing. In my opinion, yeah. too. Troll, troll master. So he claimed. Hey, hey. Yeah. He gets the Dave's troll of the week. <laughs> Thank you. Well, he had reportedly lied about graduating from NYU Law School. Oh, and, no kidding. And, well, I'm just giving you the full information. <laughs> and the University of Pennsylvania, <laughs> where he also uh, claimed to have received a degree in finance. Right. And claimed on his website that he'd been in business for 10 years. Yeah. Well, he, he wasn't... And was a Vietnam vet. These weren't the only guys he scammed. Oh, I'm sure. So he, what he would do is he would post legal advice um, through uh, various places on the internet and then sought advice or work employment through upwork okay now according to lambert in court testimony his lawyer gary peters claimed that he had been inspired by the fictional television show suits okay yeah uh i think i was a fake lawyer okay that was really smart and just had a photographic memory well he was arrested in 2019 but then they give him a lawyer they like help him pass the bar he was arrested in 2019 on federal cool. charges of wire fraud for Sweet. posing online as a corporate patent lawyer for, 20, awesome. for two years. He probably got out because of COVID. And here's the thing. Guess how much his take was? How much? Take a guess. Okay, his take, what does that mean? How much, how much did he scam these from people? people? Yeah. $250,000. $46,000. Oh, okay. So then he pleads guilty in 2019, and he had to for, forfeit that money. Oh. Um, he did not appeal. 
and uh, was sentenced to 13 months in prison. Chump change. Uh-huh. Yep. And then um, remember how I told you he was the student founder of Trump? Uh, yeah. For uh, president? Yeah. Well, his co-founder mm-hmm. um, was named Ryan Fournier. Okay. And He's a proud boy. <laughs> this guy, he got arrested on January 6th. We'll get there. Oh, no. He leads a conservative activist group, Radical Alert, and he was charged... Called with, Radical Alert? Uh-huh. Oh, he God. was charged with assault. Guys, guys come on. He it's was, a little crazy even the name. Be softer on the names. He was charged with assault of a woman and <laughs> assault with a deadly weapon. Sweet. Sick. And um, he hit his girlfriend oh, no. with a, uh, the head of a handgun. The yeah. head of the hat, not the butt of a handgun. Apparently not. He wow. just fucking poke checked it like a goalie <laughs> does with a hockey stick. Bitch. So make me my sandwich. I, I'm not gonna fucking tie any strings together, but apparently if you're in the young students for Trump organization. Anybody can start that organization. You're probably gonna be a piece of shit. Yeah. These are the two co-founders. Mm-hmm. Um good. Which I'm guessing anybody can start that. I'm guessing they probably were skimming a little money off the foundation his name. and it probably just, went to his head. They probably got a cease and desist too. So anyway, let's talk about Doc Worthiness. Yeah. It's a fun watch. Okay. It's extremely frustrating to watch. I yes. paused it several not, times to scream at the television. Yeah. So for that right there, if you want to be engaged, watch it. It's a three-star doc. Okay. It's um, it's pretty good. Three out of four. It's Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Now, um, I uh, want to make a show announcement. I did it at the top. We'll do it again. We're off next week. Cause We're off Dave, next week. Dave is traveling to New Hampshire. Going to New Hampshire slash Boston, but um, I will be in Discord on one of those days, and we'll figure it out. And if you want to watch Duck, I'll be in there, and I'll stream it, and we'll watch it. Okay, and I always like to tease next week's show. The problem is I'm deciding which two to do. Okay. So there, I'm going to tell you what they are. Okay. There is a documentary I found by one of our favorite, uh, my favorite documentarians, Errol Morris, who, you know, we've done a lot of work. Yeah, with. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Errol, E-R-R-O-L. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It's like Errol Flynn. Um, he has a documentary about Timothy Leary out right now. And it's the, called... I'm an asshole, an asshole, I'm an asshole. Timothy Leary did LSD. You ever hear of him? Oh, who's the other Leary that did that song? I'm an ass, the comedian? Dennis Leary. Oh, okay. He also stole from Bill Hicks. So fuck yeah, him. yeah, and apparently Dice and Louie and everybody. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's why he's an asshole. The doc, he stole from Bill he's Hicks. Stole, he's he's a fucking I asshole. Period. I know. I know. Um, so we we're gonna either do um, my psychedelic love story, cool about a woman who dated Timothy Leary, or <laughs> wow, or we are going to cover the Y two K bomb. Okay. Okay. Which is the new uh, Y2K documentary out on uh, HBO. Yeah. So if you're interested, check out the Timothy Leary story or my psychedelic love story. It's on Prime and Showtime. And then the Y2K bomb is on uh, HBO Max. But we're going to cover them both at some point. So guys, you're not going to see us for a week, but that doesn't mean you can't come into the Discord. Yeah. uh, Do a drive by Mimi. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Or talk to us on the interwebs. Tell me uh, what be- documentary you want me to watch. Yep. And then Dave will put up a poll in the Discord of a couple options that he's going to screen for you live next week when he's at his sister's house on his carnivore diet. Did I get that's that right. right? Pretty much, buddy. Okay. All right. That's it. So we'll see you in two weeks for episode 81 TBD. That's it. Have a great week.
Thank you.